Hey, Shira, are you having a good day? Sure. Okay, now ask me. Brett, are you having a good day? It's not a good day because, you know, I work overnights and I had to be up this, like, up today doing errands and running out, in and out of the house and stuck in traffic and on hold with customer service and doing and, and calling the pharmacy and doing all that dumb stuff. So I wouldn't say it's a good day, but you know why it's a great day? Why is it a great day? Because today I get to talk about Frankenhooker with my friend who likes rom-coms. Ooh, baby. Well, let's take this streetcar named Desire and get into it. Necromancer. Necromancer. My name is Shira, and I am a fan of romantic comedies. I am joined, as always, by Brett, who is a fan of horror movies. Every week here at Necromancer, Brett picks a horror movie, I pick a rom-com, and then we remix those movies, turning the horror movie into a lovable rom-com and the rom-com into a scary, stabby horror movie. And if you haven't already guessed, and or you didn't listen to the previous episode, we're still talking about sex workers, prostitutes, ladies of the night, streetwalkers. I feel like it makes me sound like a high school guidance counselor if I say all the names yeah. out loud. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I'm going for. Yeah, it's it's it only makes it more impressive when you when you list them all back to back. Like it it starts to become so absurd that it becomes impressive. Yeah. I I want to know where does Hooker come from? Because Franken Hooker, that's the name of the movie and you know, yeah. I, if I want to be correct or if I'm feeling sensitive, which I I mean, I'm a Pisces, I'm sensitive all the time. Uh, I would say sex worker, but for the purposes of this movie, hooker is just the most appropriate thing to say. But where does hooker come from? Like, is that like a thing where it's like hookers are just fishermen reeling them in? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna guess something like fish related. Pisces, you're a Pisces. <laughs> you should know. Um, I, I, I should I, know I, as an English major what the <laughs> hooker origin is. Uh, let, let's ask the great Google. Uh, it's Dutch. It mm. comes from the Dutch ho- hooker. Hooker. I would I would guess, but I'm probably wrong. That sounds more Swedish. Yeah, but it's a little Tim it, Eric spin on it. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's just fishing hookers are are fishing but sometimes you reel in a crazy shark yeah who some some likes- streams have have better quality than others yeah no those jersey fish we mm-hmm. we gotta be suspicious of them so tell me about your history with frankenhooker I love Frankenhooker. Um, I think in the last podcast you you mentioned it was something like a a Brett and a Shira movie. 
Yes. I think that this is, you know, like running scared. I feel mm-hmm. like this is one of those movies that, that gets to both of us. Like, but you know what running scared is not running scared is not a Sonya movie. Really? And this Sonya movie doesn't... is also a Sonya movie. Oh, so this is a triple threat, a triple threat because we saw it when we went to some kind of marathon thing that Elamo draft house was doing. And this was one of the movies. And again, this was when we were like first dating and all of a sudden they're showing, we didn't know what movies we were going to see. Cause of course that's how Alamo does it. And all of a sudden this movie pops up that's called Frankenhooker. And it's like, Oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you hear of a movie called Frankenhooker, you just immediately you think of, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, when I hear that, I'm like, I got to watch it. I, yeah, I'll but tell my story in a bit. But it yeah. could also be, like zombies versus strippers like it could be the very bottom of the bargain sale basement bin like dvd throwaway trash movies frankenhooker sounds like to me it would just be a bad movie but very clearly <laughs> right from the get-go this movie's like nope we this movie is awesome and at at no point did I ever have to worry about turning, like looking over to Sonia and going like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you are in this theater watching this movie because of me. It was like, oh, you no. thought you thought she didn't like it at first. Well, no, you know, like when they're introducing a movie, when you're at the Elmo draft house watching a triple feature and, you know, they don't always show the creamest of the crop. <laughs> like, they they show True. you a bunch of mixed bag items. And so when they announced the movie was going to be called Frankenhooker and the beginning of the movie starts the way it does. But then by like, oh, I can't wait to get into it. Five minutes into the movie, by the time the credits hit, you're like, no, at no point does anyone not know what movie they're getting into. And the movie just it it just cannonballs into the deep end over and over. It's like a kid, like you cannonball into the deep end, you run out and you go do it again. And then you go do it again. This movie just keeps cannonballing over and over. And it, it's hard not to love a movie like Frankenhooker. I think this movie is actually really clever. Um, but I actually, I think I, I want to say I caught it on TCM. It says, it seems weird to say like, yeah, Turner classic movies has played Frankenhooker, but Turner classic movies plays weird movies at, you know, between 12 AM and 4 AM. That that's when they like to, to get it up. But like, I, I'm, I swear that I recorded it on TV as I do. Uh, and, I watched Frankenhooker, but the first time I watched it, I think I fell asleep or the movie was watching me more than I was watching it, which is kind of funny because there's so many eyeballs and <laughs> weird stuff. Right. But, but I remember thinking like, oh, I wish that there was more of Frankenhooker. Like what, like this movie took so long to get going, but also admittedly, I was being ADD and wasn't paying attention. So when you said Frankenhooker, I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot. And now this time, having watched it, you know, a second time, not having really watched it before, I can say it's a brilliant movie. I think this is definitely a five-star <laughs> movie for She-Ra. 
Uh, like if somebody's like, oh, what's your sense of humor? Like it's, it's yeah. freaking hooker. Like this, this really captures it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely call out some of the things that this movie reminded me of because I felt like uh, it reminded me of a Jim Hosking movie. I, I've talked about Jim Hosking here before. I don't think that Jim Hosking is for everyone, but I love the Greasy Strangler. I love Beverly Loughlin. I love that kind of weird, I don't know, awkward, high-strung comedy that's also really clever at the same time. I don't know. There were parts that reminded me of that. There were parts that made me think, like, ooh, this is kind of like J-horror. Like, like uh, they they really took the prosthetics in an interesting direction. Or, like, yeah. the, uh, the practical effects, I mean. Yeah, I, it's made with a budget, and it leans into the budget for sure. And that's part of the charm that lets it get away with so much but also it's so creative though the the movie is written and directed by someone who clearly loves both universal horror movies and looney tunes like and, and that was my he's a student of literature as well i think that this movie is not bad for a modern frankenstein adaptation yeah. and there are frankenstein references all over the movie that I think are, are really well done. Uh, and I, I really liked that, uh, Frankenhooker before she dies, her name is Elizabeth Shelley, like Mary Shelley. Right. Uh, and that was a, a fun little reference. So I don't know. I think it, it actually follows a, a, a pretty similar path to the book, but it's way more fun than the original story. <laughs> oh Yeah. A big time. Way more super drugs in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So shall we hit the super crack and get into it? Yeah. I would just say the only thing before we start is like mm -hmm. if this movie had National Lampoons in front of it, or if this movie was like drawn in the style of The Simpsons and released as a treehouse of horror film, standalone film type thing people would be raving about it. But because yeah. it's just some guy who made a really good movie using the budget that he had, like, it's just, it's always going to be one of the, it's, it's, it's sitting at a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is mind-boggling. It's brilliant. It's so <laughs> like, good. This movie is clearly written by someone who is smart and has a sense of humor, and both of those things go good together. Um, yeah, I just I think this movie is genius. Like this is you know the you know the the Key and Peele skit about Gremlins too. Yes, some some up and coming skit people could could easily make a skit like that with uh, Frank and Frank and Hooker, and people would be like, "There's no way that this movie is as we as we talk about it." I mean, challenge yourself. If you have not seen this movie before, challenge yourself to get as far as you can into the podcast before you go like, there's no way that this is actually what the movie is. Pause the podcast, watch the movie, <laughs> and then come back and just and just enjoy the rest of the podcast with us. Oh, I just, oh, before I forget, I did think of a rom-com angle on this, which is I would totally love to write a rom-com 
where the protagonists go see Frankenhooker together on their first date. Yeah. And it's my movie within a movie. And that's how they bond because obviously the kind of characters I'd write would think that they're like weird loners or something. And it's like, let me take you somewhere different. Yeah. And then they go see Frankenhooker and it's great. Uh, yeah, the big sick already took... Um abominable dr fives yeah yeah he showed her dr fives <laughs> right. which is such a great move for a movie and probably yeah. true for their relationship i would not be surprised if that's exactly what happened <laughs> he was like let's watch fives yeah this is a good movie within a movie thing uh all right so let's get into it now i i am gonna let my my friend lady wikipedia help me here but she yeah. doesn't really do justice to what actually happens which is uh we open on this uh this guy who's just poking at this brain with an eyeball in it and it's floating in purple liquid and yeah. he's mumbling to himself and he's waving his hand in front of it. And you kind of think that he's lost in his own little world. And then suddenly this woman says, can you pass the ketchup? And you realize that this guy is at a party where I guess they're celebrating his girlfriend, dad's birthday, and he's just futzing around with his mad scientist experiment in the kitchen. I thought that that was right from the jump, just a brilliant touch. And you have the the New Jersey suburbia right. coexisting with this absolutely bananas dude who's like, I'm gonna put an eyeball in a brain. Yeah, it's um. Remember the oblongs? Uh, that show. It was a little was bit where all of the them book. were kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, it's like okay, we're it's on in Adult Swim or something. Right, we're in a normal, like suburban area. It's like um. Uh, edward scissorhands like yeah or we're John in a normal Waters. area yeah uh but also there's a, a cyclopsian brain in a tube of purple oh, cyclopsian water. is a good word for it <laughs> like it and it's just part of the world that has been like immediately the movie's going this here is not what's weird <laughs> <laughs> we are just getting started yeah, no, according to Lady W, Jeffrey Franken is a young man who lives in New Jersey and he works at a power plant and specializes as a bioelectrical scientist and he's about to be married to his fiancée, Elizabeth, an overweight woman, which I don't, she no, doesn't look overweight. Like, she's wearing some padding with that jumpsuit, but... Whoever I, whoever wrote this Wikipedia is a fan of the movie because the only the only reference to her being overweight is, pretzels. is because her mom says like, of course it's a mom thing to do. To I'm be like, too fat yeah. and Jeff's too weird. Yeah. And I, I love the whole exchange between her and her girlfriend. Right. And her girlfriend says, you'll let him operate on you. And she's right. like, of course we're going to be married. Yeah. But you find out from this conversation that Jeffrey has stapled her stomach before and they just, you know, she totally accepts him for yeah. who he is. And she doesn't think anything he does is that weird. He's Probably been kicked out of three, uh, three law, uh, med schools. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't like med schools. Yeah. They, they, they make, make him uncomfortable. Angry, yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> they make him, <laughs> he just they upset doesn't. him. 
They, yeah, medical schools upset <laughs> Jeff. That's why he doesn't go. Uh, but at the party, Jeff gets Elizabeth's dad this automatic lawnmower. Elizabeth is demonstrating it. And then she gets caught in its path and she is killed. Yeah. It's and just, it is, it's then also the credits be- roll. I think it's meant to be something like he just whipped it up. Like she came to him and said, you know, my dad really loves his lawnmower. Is there anything we can do special for his lawnmower? And he's like, eh, I can make it move on its own. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you shouldn't stand in front of an automatic lawnmower. She gets <laughs> chopped up into little itty bitty pieces. Frankenhooker. <laughs> right. I like that all of this happens in maybe a minute and then yeah. the credits roll and and you, you get the title Frankenhooker. And I like the way that they uh, open on to him drawing on this big anatomical map of the female body. And he's just mumbling to himself and saying things like, we're going to remove this mole and uh, we're going to take this part out right here. And uh, if I put a converter there, that'll be good. The guy who plays Jeff is great. It's half... Science at one point he he literally says E equals MC squared. So like it's very airplane. <laughs> it's very airplane in its absurdity of what a I mad didn't scientist catch that. is. <laughs> but also I watched this like three times now and I didn't catch that. We also get a glimpse <laughs> into the the complexity of of what makes Jeff a, an interesting character, which is he's doing this for science. He's doing this he's for, doing it for his love. girlfriend. And he's doing it because he loves her. But also, he is like, well, if we can get rid of this little uh, little piece of fat here, and if we can get rid of this dimple here, and if like he's fixing her up on her behalf he wants, while he wants he's good at parts. it. Right. He, while he's he, at it. Yeah, he's definitely putting Elizabeth under the knife in yeah. more ways than one. His, uh, he, he, would, he would have no... If, if his girlfriend came up, if Elizabeth came up and said, hey, should I get this surgery? He would support her in any way that she wanted. But since she's been chopped up into a million pieces, might as well pick a good leg over here and a good breast over here. Oh, we're going to get into that because it's just, <laughs> you know, you know the concept of the movie. You know immediately Frankenhooker <laughs> means that... right. Hooker body parts are going to be used to rebuild this woman who died before the credits came on. So, it, I mean, the plot is there for everyone to see. But how? How will we execute this plan? I, I also just, again, uh, is it Jimmy Lawrence is the name of the guy who plays Jeff? Uh, uh, but but he's, he's great. I liked uh, when uh, he goes to straighten this picture, but then he makes it more askew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it just uh, the whole conversation with his mother where he's like, oh, yeah, there's a this very dark... touching conversation. Yeah. He's like, there's this dark, like he knows exactly when to play it really serious and when to just go, you know, She's crazy about it and... as any mother would be, but he goes it's on sweet. this whole, whole like you know freshman theater monologue yeah. about the darkness growing <laughs> the darkness, inside the him void, yeah the void. staring into the abyss and his mom says do you want a sandwich yeah i'll get you a sandwich and then of course showing that complexity of the character again it's a very touching moment for us the audience that is then like 
made for a laugh when he goes like, hey, you know, Ma, she won't shut up. <laughs> I, I just yeah. want to be here with you. So after <laughs> the conversation with Ma, he goes to see Elizabeth, which by which I mean he goes to his secret lab, opens right. up this uh, refrigerator that's full of bubbling purple liquid and Elizabeth's head. I like how we get the reveal of how he has the head because he's watching the news tape over again and the reporter yeah. is talking to him about the missing head. Yeah. And he's like, why won't you what? just let people be yeah. alone in their grief? And it's so I don't obvious. know. Last I saw it was bouncing over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're it's right. So- he's like, yeah, you're bothering me. And, and <laughs> you're right. This movie's very smart because it's like, yeah. Well, the news is bothering him. Get off and his it's back. So He's obvious. It's so obvious he has the head. Right. And it, the humor of them saying, know nobody knows. About. There are rumors about the person or, or persons who have the head when it's yeah. just so clear to everybody that he has it. Because he's um, just acting crazy, but yeah. This scene is also <laughs> a little bit of our, our first real like again cannonball into the fact that he's an unreliable narrator because uh like that scene is not realistic at all neither is the weather scene which gives us our ticking clock of the movie which is if he's gonna get enough amps out of uh, electricity to rejuvenate his girlfriend to re-spark his girlfriend he's gonna have to do it during a big storm just like frankenstein Exactly. And so the guy, like, get ready, all you mad scientists out there. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, there's just so many, so many great touches here. I The mock dinner date is insane. Jeff's poem is great. Right. I like that he's, like, in the mood for Italian, and then he uncovers this crystal dish that has pizza in it. Uh, and just, it's, it's so, it's so great. So... Jeff is trying to figure out body parts and how to get them. And while doing this, he's doing drills. And by doing drills, he is actually poking himself with a drill and it's relieving the pressure. I, I again, thought that this was gross and brilliant. Uh, And then, of course, it it goes into him being an unreliable narrator, like you said. He was already dangerously um, or he was getting close to becoming dangerously immoral he just needed that little push that little drill into the head yeah and just a little drill but it takes two drills basically for him to go from at first thinking he needs stewardesses to thinking well i know women who are selling their body parts already and they're right across the bridge. So he heads into New York City <laughs> where he meets a couple of girls. But this uh, one particular girl uh, who basically hooks him up, this yeah. this one hooker who's kind of the <laughs> she's the bottom of it. She knows she knows what how to set all of this up. And yeah. she, you get the kind of sense that they have a, a funny. Uh, I don't know. I like the dynamic between Jeff and that one hooker. I do. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of them really play the part to perfection. Um, oh, they do. Like you said, this, yeah, this movie's called Frankenhooker. So we know the premise ahead of time. This movie is, this is not a movie where like the story is going to navigate where the, the movie should go. The story is SNL skit. It is 
It is beat for beat. Like these are the beats we need to hit. And what makes a movie like this and what makes a movie it like It is a series of SNL sketches. That's yeah. a good way to describe it. What makes this movie stand out from other movies that are straight to DVD bargain bin basement sale movies is that this movie takes the character and just puts every single thing through the lens of a semi-hesitant mad scientist who has to talk everything out loud and has to talk himself into everything. Cause when he's shopping around the streets for, for hookers and he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, these ones don't look that bad. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm going to go down here. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm doing it. Here we go. And like the fact that he's got to like, amp <laughs> of course he's got to, he's got to narrate it. Now right. he's got to, he's got to do the whole taxi driver thing. You always go full taxi driver. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's great. Again, I think the guy who plays Jeff is, is golden. Uh, so he gets hooked up by this pimp named Zorro uh with the girls he needs and then also some crack for him to take home and to create super crack uh so he's gonna rent the girls for a single night uh and then he's going to leave a lethal form of crack in their presence and that that should be okay because and if he's not happen yeah, to I, get I, to the super crack. I liked I mean, when he tested what's a the mad scientist to do. The super crack is such a crazy beat, and I love that he tested the super crack right. on a hamster and was telling the hamster <laughs> things he would say to the prostitute. Like, right, oh, I bet you get, I bet you get a thousand dollars a night. Like. <laughs> It's ridiculous that he's actually practicing on the hamster. He's got to make it seem natural. He's got to, yeah, nothing to suspect here. Just oh, your God. ordinary crack. Nothing super about it. So we get to the night in question, and Jeff is just having the time of his life right. measuring and checking these girls <laughs> to see who has the best yeah. body. And you know what? He can't decide. Because well, they've so, all got great bodies. Yeah, so if you haven't already paused and delighted in the, the movie that is Frankenhooker... The, Each the, scene is better than the last. The gimmick that, that he's come up with, and very smartly so, is that he's pretending that his brother-in-law or whoever is, is having a bachelor party, and he needs to inspect the women before um, they are picked. And that, and that a winner is picked for the rest of the night. So he's auditioning all these women for 30 minutes, and then only one of them will spend the night with him. And uh, it's a genius setup because it allows us just five pure minutes of Jeff in a hotel room full of crazy fun hookers. I know it's it's amazing and I just I love the end when he's like I just I can't go through yeah. with it I can't decide and the girls are like do you have the money or not and he's like right. forget about the money I'm talking about human <laughs> <Yeah>. life <laughs> he's just I I love all the moments where Jeff overacts um right. but um they find the super crack and then it's not yeah. really his fault. He didn't want to give them the super crack. They took it from him. He even tries to stop them. Hey, wait, stop. Hey, 
Don't do that. But then they dogpile on him, and and it's just they're they're like cats to catnip. They yeah. have to have that super crack, and then they explode. Right. Uh, and, and, and they explode in spectacular fashion. What What's great about this is when I was rewatching the movie for the podcast because I do my homework. Uh, I Doug was standing in the room too and he said this movie doesn't hide how ridiculous it is and that is the perfect way to describe it how could you if you tried to hide it people would see it oh yeah no but it just it goes <laughs> full tilt into the ridiculousness and it's all the better for it yeah, so this movie's a pinata it looks crazy fun and then the more you keep spending time with it the more crazy fun keeps coming out of it so zoro makes it up to the hotel room just in time to be knocked out by one of the flying heads of the girls and then jeff puts all the body parts he needs in a trash bag i like that he's like i'm gonna get to everyone yeah uh and now he takes them back to his lair uh, I would say, I mean, it's a laboratory, but it's also kind of a lair. And I mean, this is where the movie gets really delightfully ridiculous because he he puts most of the girls in the, the estrogen blood serum soup, the like purple stuff in, right. in the fridge. Uh, but he also takes the choicest parts out and it's like, it's insane. Like it's, I, I said J-horror earlier, but it's like you got this umbrella stand filled with legs, yeah. <laughs> basically, a plate of boobs and and just yeah. so much amazing things where he's just like, I'm going to use the perfect parts uh, to sew them onto Elizabeth's body. This guy would fit right in with um, uh, the what's the Korean horror movie? The Devil. Oh yeah, they would get along just yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, so we it's the big night of the storm. We've got all the best potty bards, uh, and he shocks Elizabeth back to life. I like that when he releases the lever and she comes down, she's already standing. Right. Uh, which is great. Uh, the only problem is that this Frankenhooker, quote unquote. Uh, basically just repeats what all the previous girls said before they die. So she's like, want a date? And this is where the movie Do you have a becomes... Stand? Like, the movie <laughs> it, was This is a cartoon. This, the movie was great, but the fact that they only use dialogue that the hookers have said in the movie as dialogue for Frankenhooker and contextualize that from this point on is a touch of genius <laughs> like it's the like the way that she tries to seduce men on the street is by giving the pitch of like all right so jersey boys only got 30 minutes here she's like trying to lure them in or once she's already yeah, in bed she's with short, them she's, she's short-circuited right she's she's stuck in this dialogue of like constantly trying to get men to have sex with her and only using the 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 stuff that we've heard at this point up to the movie. So <laughs> I also like that she has the monster's powers. So right. she has super strength 
and some kind of electrical power. Uh, I also like that she's kind of dressed up like a femme monster. She's got the same boots that he... I feel like he wears platform boots in the original movie, kind of like that. Yeah. So they kind of they kind of feminize the look, and she's kind of green, right? So uh, I I lo- I loved it, and then of course she gets the bolts later, but they yeah. did a good job of making making little references to the old movies too. And then just another spectacular physical performance by the actress in terms of the rigid walking, the the jerking. Oh, her face. Ticks. Patty Mullen deserves all the credit. Like an Oscar-worthy performance in just how dedicated it is. And how, even though her face is always in that ticking sort of like revulsion of like, I'm not supposed to be alive. She's also got that cute, like, I'm a freaking hooker. And she's, she only knows how to speak by yelling. So she'll just be walking down the street asking people, you got any money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. uh, And then she gets a client, too. And I love the scene where Wikipedia doesn't go into this at all. But uh, I love the scene (laughs) where she goes into the uh, hotel with that guy. And he's just so excited. He's just happy to be there. And then... She electrocutes him with her vagina. And I'm sure that there's a feminine feminist message somewhere in there. I'm a little too tired and lazy to try to even connect the dots. But yeah, I I loved that she shocked him to death and he loved every minute of it. Every minute of it. Yeah. She is uh she is a, a like a lethal hooker who who is not by her own desire killing people, but by the nature of being uh, like this creation against the laws of nature. She's a Frankenstein. Like it doesn't matter what she does. She's always going to be doing bad. She's it's just like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Except in this version, she doesn't learn French. Uh, so both Jeff and Zorro are, are kind of looking around. I do like Zorro's at the bar because he's sad and he's telling his buddy, like, they blew up, man. They blew up. And he's like, I'm sorry you lost them. And she's like, I didn't lose them. They blew up right in front of me. Yes, that was amazing. But Elizabeth comes to the bar, or Frankenhooker comes to the bar. Jeff gets to the bar too. Zorro, I think, recognizes the brand, and that yeah, she's got to yeah. be one of his girls. And I yeah. think he recognizes <laughs> other parts too. Yeah. He's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Hey, uh, wh- who are you? Where- where'd you get this arm? This is one of my bitches' arms." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then unfortunately, um, he, he hits her and she, her head gets jostled. Jeff is able to evade Zorro and then take, uh, Elizabeth back home to repair her, which is where we get her bolts so that she's more like the original Frankenstein. Uh, and then finally her memory is restored when he wakes her up. 
And this is where Elizabeth finds out what Jeff was up to while she was dead because she looks at her body and is like, this at, well, no, is no, no, no. my body. At first, no, at first she's super supportive. She's like, wait, uh-huh. was I in a coma? He's like, no worse. She's like, I was dead? You brought me back to life? This is amazing. You have to think of all the people that you can help. She's so supportive of him. As she, she has been through him. the entire movie. It's clear that like you know her family is supportive of him and and his parents are supportive of him this movie is very supportive of his pursuit of science um but it's just it it's not his fault that he he became a mad scientist you know it just sometimes these things happen he needed to stop doing drills <laughs> right <laughs> But he he loved that drill. So, yeah, she then finds out about the body parts and is like, ooh, this ain't right. Right. Uh, But when he's trying to explain himself, Zorro decapitates him. Uh, And I mean, you know, this movie is all about flying heads. Right. Uh, And... Then Zora wants to take Elizabeth away, but then the spare hooker parts that have melded together, (laughs) they've been reanimated by the storm and merged into grotesque limbed monsters. Another super J-horror moment, in my opinion. And so, again, like, yeah, the the feminism approach here is that, yeah, he's he's trying to reclaim his property. Right. So he wants his parts back. And then there's the comeuppance aspect of, okay, you want your parts back? Well, here they are all clumped together and their weird, gross, clumped upness is going to make out with your face. Uh, And they drag him into the box, which I guess that he got consumed by the very thing that he tried to commoditize. Ooh, that's a $5 word. Yeah. Yes. So then we get the ultimate twist, which is Elizabeth (laughs) decides to revive Jeffrey via the same procedure he used on her. But since the process only works on female bodies, she's forced to put Jeffrey's head on a body made of the hooker's body parts to bring him back. Uh, And as Jeff awakens, Elizabeth happily says they'll be together forever. And Jeff moans in horror at his new (laughs) female body, which is accurate. They they definitely got that part right. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just so it's so great. It's it's so great. Um, I, I still think that my favorite part in the whole movie is when that uh, sex workers' right lady is on the TV show talking about yeah. her organization, and he's like, "Don't laugh, she's right." Yeah, like, and this like, super crack will get the job done quicker. Right, and uh, yeah, he's just like, "Yeah, if you want to go around killing people in society that no one cares about, uh, hookers would be a good place to start." Like, yeah, one way to stop people from killing them is to legalize it and treat them like humans. That's a that's a pretty good start. Don't laugh at this lady. Yeah, the movie is very aware. And then at the end, when they when they Franken hookerize him, it's just a again, it's a perfect little cherry on top. Uh, isn't it, though? <laughs> well, I have to ask the question. 
Who did you have a crush on from this movie? Uh, well, obviously everyone. Oh, uh, yes, agreed. But to pick out the one except person, Zorro, <laughs> or maybe Zorro too. I like the uh, guy who yells at him, like who's preaching right. at him until he gives him the crack. Um, I I really liked the head hooker who was the one who was given the speech about. All right, listen here, girls. This here's Jersey Boy, and um, he me wants. Too. Because again, again, like on the rewatchability factor of like all of Frankenhooker's dialogue is taken from her previous hooker lady's dialogue. And so this lady has to, within a very short amount of time, convey a bunch of dialogue that will then be repurposed for a bunch of different things. And when you She's watch kind of the dominant hooker personality. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's the major like it's it's the one with the most vocabulary in terms of on screen vocabulary. Um so yeah, it just all of them. <laughs> all of them. The line delivery, like even the one lady who pretty much is just at the window and says, Oh, I got all the right parts and all the right places. Even her line delivery is just the way that Frank and hooker is able to call back to it. It just makes me think that this whole movie was shot by a very SNL type crew of like skit comedians who like just spent their summers goofing off. This feels like a wet, hot American summer type thing, which was just like, Oh, let's just get a bunch of friends together and shoot something fun. Amy um, Poehler is Frankenhooker. Yeah, like ah, I just I, I everyone, but also that one head hooker lady. Really, I really crushed on her. Babe. How about you? I'm gonna say Patty Mullen. I yeah. I liked uh, her as Elizabeth as Frankenhooker. I liked that she pulled out some faces, and not just you know the run of the mill beautiful woman makes ugly face faces. Like she she really was able to make it weird and give herself some ticks that I I thought yeah. were really funny. And I I yeah I just enjoyed the whole her complete just blase attitude about Jeff's madness. <laughs> me too but also yeah the the facial tics when after she explodes the one guy the short stubby guy and she's going through the hallway and that other guy hits on her and then just makes out with her and explodes he's hitting on her and doing all the heavy lifting of that very like come up and see like oh be careful what you wish for and the one thing she does to communicate to him is that facial tick and it's just that perfect <laughs> level of like, you know, like you can say anything you want to a man, but if he's horny, he's going to hear whatever he wants to hear. Right. So you could be this weird face ticking undead prostitute, but. Yeah, hey. she did well for yeah. her night on the loose. I, I, I also really love Jeff's performance, but yeah, it's... I. Frankenhooker needed to live up to her name, and she absolutely yeah. did. Uh, yeah, very Beetlejuicean in the fact that she has limited screen Ooh. time, but makes the most of it. Like, you come out of that movie thinking, holy shit, Frankenhooker. <laughs> but yeah, James Lorenz is Jeffrey. He, I, I'm right there with you. He's, he's like Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead 2 <laughs> level of 
absurd cartoon and like he has this meta approach to it where like he knows because yeah, he's, he's even kinda... commenting on the absurdity throughout. He's always going like, oh, this is crazier than a party at whatever. Like, he's always making those little side jokes to himself. You know what I just thought of? This movie kind of remem- reminds me of uh, Venture Brothers. It- it's yeah. got kind of that mad cappy feel to it. Yeah, like, I-, I completely agree. Yeah, I could see those guys <laughs> watching a lot of Frank and Hooker growing up. Mm-hmm. So how was writing the rom-com? I had a tough time and I basically cribbed off of my graders. I did not write a rom-com version of Frankenhooker. I took <gasps> Pretty Woman and just put Frankenhooker as the main character. Oh, whoa. So this <laughs> is what Pretty Woman would have been like if instead of Vivian, he picked up Frankenhooker? If instead of julia roberts as vivian he picked up patty mullen as frankenhooker so this is so this is on her night out she's she's wandering the streets and richard gear picks her up in his borrowed car yep oh god okay continue you go first i just i can't wait to hear this so the movie is called pretty normal And it starts out with just 10 to 15 minutes worth of setup of, you know, this is Richard Gere. This is what he does. What he does is he drives around in a tour bus following skeezy politicians who make campaign promises, but then don't pay their campaign bills. And so every town that they visit, the 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 little mom and pop shops go bankrupt because they supported this politician, but then the politician didn't pay their bills. Now they're going bankrupt in swoops, Jeffrey or whatever the guy's name is in a pretty woman in swoops, Richard gear. He's this skeevy, skeezy, evil, bad guy type guy. Uh, and then we meet Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker is going out for the night. She's getting ready. She's putting on her body parts and giving each one the different little makeup treatment and whatnot. Uh, and we do the oh, same. That's great. We get a little Hank Azaria cameo, and there's like a murder, and there's a little dialogue between her and him. And um, we meet Laura, the roommate. They go inside, and then there's a little bit of talk about drugs, but Frankenhooker does not like drugs. So she puts her foot down and says, no roommate of mine's going to be doing drugs, no crack, no super crack. So we just get a bunch of references. We get to see her mad because someone at the bar is like, yeah, does she do a Frankenhooker slam? Yeah. Someone at the bar like interrupts them or tries to do something skeezy and she throws them away and then they get kicked out of the bar. It's like, not you again. Um, And so then they're outside. The guy doesn't know how to drive the car, so he gets stopped, and then cops are there. And so then while the cops are there, it's Richard Gere, it's Frankenhooker, and cops, and they get into a little bit of shenanigans there. And then he's like, no, it's uh, her car. I was just, I was being a valet, pulling it around for her. Or, you know, they do something wacky. So then she ends up driving away. However, she's a really bad driver, but... She's a really bad driver in a really awesome Hollywood sense of like, 
she's going the wrong way down the highway at like 90 miles per hour. Oh, fruit cart? Yeah, like expertly weaving in between the traffic. At one point, she goes on the sidewalk, but she does one of those things where the car goes up on two wheels to like avoid hitting stuff. So like she's a bad driver, but also she's pretty good at it. Okay. Um, then we get the first night together. And so, you know, in, in um, Pretty Woman, how they're watching classic movies, the movie they can be watching is Young Frankenstein. Ooh. Eh? Eh? Um, and then we just, normal. <laughs> and then I just put, we can do a bunch of like commercials and stuff where Frankenhooker is very mimicky of the commercials that are in front of her. Um, and you know, like back in the nineties when they used to have like those greatest hit CDs and they'd scroll through all the songs and only some of them would be highlighted and she'd like be doing oh, different musical impressions, but as Frankenhooker. Pure Moods comes on. Did you ever see the Pure Moods commercial? Maybe. Not off the top of my head, but if I, if you showed it to me, I probably would. Um, but then as those as those commercials are playing with all the different songs, she's also doing different stripper routines because she's a stripper. She's like a, she's well, a she's prostitute. Programmed. She's a stripper. Right. So her body is like going into these pre-done routines to all the music from the commercials. Also, we get her and Barney like have this little thing together. So, you know, the guy who's like, Oh, oh the fairy godmother guy. Yeah. The fairy godmother. So we get a lot of Scooby-Doo type stuff. Like maybe there's a uh, hotel person who's coming to do a inspection and it's like, Ooh, the five star inspection is this weekend. And so like him and her have to do Scooby-Doo stuff together to like, Oh, and what if one of her hands drops on the, like the lobby floor and the superintendent or the lady judging walks right over it. Yeah, like just again, this is the kind of movie shenanigans. You put put a writer's room with this premise, and you get a bunch of gold. Uh, She has to go shopping, but we can lean into that vulgar, big uh, mistake, Franken hooker type thing where she's just shouting at the top of her lungs all of the stuff. Like, does this come in skimpier sizes? But she's so blasé about it and so Franken hooker about it. Uh, he takes her to a business meeting, but then when she's going to eat, she's just like throwing up her food because she can't properly digest food. But like everyone else just treats it like it's normal because this movie is called Pretty Normal. Um, we can do more shopping stuff, but again, I don't know what the big mistake type thing is going to be, but there is going to be a big mistake moment. Oh, big misunderstanding, of course. Yeah. Uh, the seduction scene where she seduces him by the piano is instead going to be a scene where like they go over each other's scars. Like maybe she's Ooh. like, where'd you get this scar? And then he could be like, oh, it was in eighth grade. Billy threw a rocket at Crystal, but then I jumped in front of her and saved her. And then he's like, where'd you get this scar? And she can be like, ah, super crack explosion. And then she could be like, where'd you get this scar? And he could be like, oh, fishing hook. When I was fishing for Marlin in the deep sea, where'd you get this scar? Eh, super crack explosion. <laughs> so we just do that over and over and over. Uh, they Are go you to giving the her opera. a heavier Jew- Jersey accent? Yeah, like uh, the normal amount that she has in this movie. They go to the opera and guess what? Guess what opera slash musical they're watching? Rocky Horror Picture Show? The musical. Oh, May the Musical. May the yeah. Musical. 
I I have a feeling the May the May director has seen Frankenhooker. <laughs> Had to have. Had to have. Um and so then when they go to the horses, the horse place thing, um, they can they can be very suspicious of her because they think she's like because she's uh she's a bunch of different body parts put together, she can look at the horses and almost like a card counter can count cards. She can see all of how awesome the horse body parts are for racing. And so she kind of becomes this like rain man kind of body examiner. She knows which horses are going to win. She's like, oh, well, this one obviously has the best legs, but this one has the best lunge, but this one has the best aerodynamic neck posture. So she's like able to do all that. Um, The breakup scene will be a very touching scene but that's all I have written. So we're just going to go for a, like a very genuine breakup scene. And then George Costanza comes in and tries to get rapey. And we get another come up in sight moment where it's like, yeah, she's like, you don't want to do this. Trust me. And he just keeps getting skeezier and skeezier. And then he makes out with her and explodes. We get a final scene with Barney, the fairy godmother. They get to have a nice little moment together. And then we go back to, to her roommate who is now also, she's got like the big Bride of Frankenstein hairdo. And she's like, Laura, I'm home from my adventure. And then Laura turns around and it's Bride of Frankenhooker. And she just like, she just hisses. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Laura, what did you do? Um, and then she's going to move out. She's not going to be roommates with Laura anymore. But on her way out, you hear like a little ding, 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 ding. And then Richard Gere comes up on like a little bicycle or something. And he's like, hey, I know that we can't be together anymore. Because how can you... To me, a happy rom-com ending doesn't put Frankenhooker with one person. It gives Frankenhooker out for everyone. For the world to enjoy. I don't think that Frankenhooker should be a one-woman guy. Yeah. So then she's like, oh... I mean, girl. Or right. one one man girl. Yeah, I don't Um, And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And then he's like, oh, um, since you're going to leave town, I thought maybe you would need something to leave town in. And she's like, what, a bicycle? And he's like, no, my tour bus. And she's like, where is it? He's like, I had to get it painted. And then from up over the hill, we hear, burr, burr, and the horn of the tour bus comes. But this time it's got Frankenhooker's face on it. And then she goes on a nationwide tour as a motivational speaker. Oh, she would make a great motivational speaker. I know. That's a good, that's a good after career for Frankenhooker. I like that path for her. Yeah. So it's just. Is she still going to rescue him right uh, back? No, he, she already rescued him. That's part of the touching Mm, breakup part. Yeah, no. By this point in the movie, we are just, all we want is more Frankenhooker. And then. We can do. We can even do like a traveling roadshow with Patty Mullen as Frankenhugger, showing the movie across the uh, across the nation and doing motivational speeches afterwards in character, make it a little Borat type thing. I think that she's done that before. I think that she has gone to showings of Frankenhugger and actually worn like the purple wig. Like I, I when I looked up Patty Mullen. I saw her her young photographs and stuff like that, but I also saw her at some of the Frankenhooker premieres. Yeah, I would not be surprised. She seems like a totally awesome. She seems like yeah, everyone involved in this movie seems like the perfect 
person to be involved in this movie. Oh um, yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're awesome. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's chewing on those big those big chair <laughs> sticks again. Here, close the this. Yeah, or care, careful, you can't have it too straight. Oh well, whatever. Um, okay, um, but but yeah, I I think that that is a great ending for Frankenhooker. I also did mine as a continuation too. Yeah, I because this movie is already a romantic comedy. Let's be real. <sighs> he loves Elizabeth so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I decided to make so you took Pretty Woman as your jumping off point. I decided to do something kind of like Legally Blonde, and mm-hmm. I call my movie Frankenhooker Goes to Harvard. Yeah. So like Legally Blonde, it's, you know, that fish out of water story where it's even more. So rather than her being this West Coast Beverly Hills princess type, it's Frankenhooker. And she's at Harvard. So... <laughs> After the events of Frankenhooker, Elizabeth basically takes credit for the estrogen-based blood serum, and we can maybe add some drama into it. Like Jeff's like, ah, medical schools make me uncomfortable, or I don't, right. I don't want to, I don't want the world to know about my invention. And Elizabeth's like, fine, then I'm gonna take it places, uh, and she gets a full ride scholarship to Harvard. The only problem is that she is Frankenhooker. So she's at this elite institution with all these East Coast uh, intellectuals, but she's Frankenhooker. And so maybe we can have moments where she's like fritzing in class and like doing right. her face tics, like the like the professor calls on her and, and she offers a, a really weird perspective. But maybe... Maybe Elizabeth finds her groove. Maybe she does a, a women's studies. She gets really into women's studies. Like that that becomes an alternate path to her. Maybe she hooks up with that hooker uh organization lady. Like there's yeah. there's things, there's there's meaning in Elizabeth's life, but socially she's really alone and she doesn't have many allies. And so maybe we build like a cast of freaks and geeks that, you know, get around Elizabeth. And then meanwhile, Jeffrey's really bent out of shape because he feels like a total freak. He can't go anywhere. He can't really, uh, you know, support Elizabeth because he's in his own head. And his big misunderstanding is he thinks that Elizabeth is having an amazing time at Harvard because maybe she's not sharing with him all of the hardships and the bullying and all the things that she's going through. And he thinks like, oh, well, she's just going to leave me for some guy that she meets at Harvard and I'm nothing to her anymore. But by the end of the movie, we find out that Elizabeth has been working on a testosterone-based blood serum in order to help Jeffrey get a male body back. Uh, and so we get a nice third act makeup and maybe it's witnessed by all the little freaks and geeks. I think like also house bunny is something else. I think like maybe, 
maybe in addition to everything else going on, Frankenhooker joins a sorority. Yeah. But they're like the outcast sorority, and she has to revenge of the nerds her way to the top by giving her her collected hooker advice that's in her head from all of her body parts. Is her is her freaks and geeks gang gonna be like a bunch of sexy slutty versions of other universal horror monster movies oh that would be so great (laughs) uh i think that what i would do is i would have them all reference different monsters like there could be a girl in a full body cast who's basically the mummy right and then a goth girl who's clearly dracula but her she's just you know very vampire fashion in the way that she presents herself so yeah it's like it's like a house. It's a monster mash house. Yeah. Oh, that would be so great. She meets at college other monster girls. Right. And then at the end, you can have a, a silent Bob type moment where a character just out of nowhere says something like that's really important at the moment. And then it's like, where have you been the whole time? And that can be like an invisible man type reference, but it'd be an invisible woman. Oh, but she well- can be like, it can be like Maris from uh, Frasier, where she gets referenced all the time, where right. it's like, oh, Mona, that's Mona, or that music is Mona, or Mona's in the shower, but then you don't ever see her, and then she comes out at the end. Yeah. Uh, but the final twist in this whole thing is that the couple make up, and then <laughs> they celebrate... By bringing a bag of Super Molly to a frat party, and then they collect the frat boy parts for Uh-oh. Jeff's new body. Aww. And then the movie ends with Elizabeth making a valedictorian speech like Elle Woods, but instead of throwing her cap in the air, she throws her head. Aww, yeah. I like it. Yeah, and I... then it, it, as it's in the air, it winks. Oh, wink freeze frame! <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. <laughs> Perfect day. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, that that was how I imagined the. I mean, like you said, it's already a rom com, but that was what I thought of for this one. Yeah, this movie could be like its own franchise, like Ernest. Ernest goes to blank. Frankenhooker goes to Hollywood. Paris. Frank, yeah, Frankenhooker goes to Daytona 500. <laughs> Whatever you want. She can I do I would anything. watch Frankenhooker the series. Yes. Get on it, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, what a great movie. Uh, what a what a delight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up with our love bites, we'd just like to remind you that you should like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also follow us on all of the social medias at Necromancer Pod. We'd really love to hear from you. And you can also email us at necromancerpodcast at gmail.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback. Maybe we should get a number. I just wonder if we had a number, if everybody would call in and, or not everybody. Well, there's the worst fear is that no one would call in. But right. then I feel like if I did give a number, would we get prank called? 
being prank called would be awesome. No, I think even worse than no one calling in would be someone calling in, but then we like, we don't want to use what they say because it's crazy. And then they're like, Oh, like just heavy breathing. Yeah. I mean, that would be on par for the horror side of the podcast. Yeah. Very black Christmas, very Halloween. (laughs) Something to consider for the future. Uh, well, now let's get into Love Bites. What would you like to recommend this week, Brett? All right. Well, this past week, I spent some time with Sonia, and I spent some time with Sonia's mom. Sonia's mom likes the kinds of movies that I like. She likes crazy action movies. Oh, interesting. That are just crazy action movies. So... I knew I know what kinds of movies she likes. I know that when Sonia is with her mom, she just likes to watch the kinds of movies that her mom likes. So I came prepared. So I show up. That's a good son-in-law. <laughs> so I show up prepared and I have, these are not the kinds of movies that I would have expected to watch with my mother-in-law when I was growing up watching sitcoms where the norm was, hey, mother-in-laws are not cool right? Like you have to have an antagonistic relationship with your mother-in-law. I mean, I've seen Everyone Loves Raymond, right? I know how it goes. These are the three movies I brought for us to watch. Dread, the newer one, Dread, The Raid, and Demons. And so Sonia was like, well, what are these movies about? I was like, okay, well, Dread, it's a movie about a guy who gets stuck in a building and has to fight his way out. The Raid is a movie about a guy who gets stuck in a building and has to fight his way out. And Demons is a movie about a bunch of people who get stuck in a movie theater filled with demons and they have to fight their way out. And she was like... Oh, that's a good marathon trilogy. I like that they all have that theme. I didn't even think about that. Right. She's like, well, those all sound like movies that my mom would like. And I was like, I know. That's why I brought them. And it turns out that we watched all three of them in one day and it was awesome. (laughs) those movies pair they're they're a great frankenhooker mesh of the same actiony horror body part grizzly gore fest fun all smashed together and it was funny yeah because <laughs> she she talks throughout the whole movie especially during demons of like oh don't go in there oh that guy's gonna get you and it was Uh, I remember Demons. (laughs) Demons If y'all want to go back and listen to the Italian episode, you can hear what both of us think of Demons, too. Yeah, so it was just really funny to watch those three movies with my mother-in-law and to have her actually enjoy all three of them. Oh, that's awesome. A little bonus. I like it. I would call it the Fight Your Way Out trilogy. You should make a letterboxed list. I should. But yeah, it's um it's a good recipe. Put people into a place and make them fight their way out. It's a classic. Die hard, right? Like it's a classic. It works for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So how about you? I'm hoping I know what your love bite is. But go ahead. I can't wait to hear. Wait, what what do you think it's going to be? Well, you tell me first. Um, uh, I was going to recommend a book. Oh. I thought you were going to recommend a puppy. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Uh, to we'll we'll bring it back to old Shira. Twofer. Number 1, I do recommend a puppy. 
I think puppies are adorable. And even when they misbehave, it's cute because they're just little guys. You know, puppies, puppies don't know. And they explore the world through their mouth. And I can tell you for anybody who's thinking about a puppy and who's like, but what about potty training? Get a crate, take them out pretty often. You'll be fine. The We're into, what is it, like almost 13 weeks now. And he's just a little gentleman. He yeah. mostly goes outside and didn't have a single accident today. So really, like, the stage where you'd have to worry about stuff like that doesn't last that long. But the soulful gaze of a puppy who loves and appreciates you lasts forever. Uh, so highly recommend getting a puppy. They are very adorable distractions. And you know what? Having a puppy is also a great way to meet other puppies. We take our puppy Ernie to puppy preschool so he can quote unquote socialize with other pups. But it's also a chance for me to just sit back and watch puppies play with each other for 10 minutes. So like, I mean, what's the problem here? Yeah. Win-win. It's it's so cute. It's so cute. And and he's totally come out of his shell. He's gone from standing on the sidelines to being the boss puppy. He's uh he's had to be uh pulled out of some situations. Um yeah, we're meeting with the principal to talk about his puppy performance. That's great. Uh, (laughs) but uh he's a good dog and you and sonia have to come meet him because he's on a political campaign to make the whole world love him and he needs you as one of his constituents yeah uh i think sonia's already sold but i'm not until i meet him i'm not i can't in good faith and conscience give my vote to a puppy I've oh, never But met. what about all of his campaign promises, which include love forever and lots of pets and kisses? All right, fine. He can have my vote. <laughs> <laughs> but I still want to meet him. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Mer- Ernie wants to meet with all the voters. Yeah, as any great uh, politician should. Of course, of course. But I did, in addition to this, want to ren- recommend a book. And don't worry, it's not educational. It's porn. Uh, but there, I was thinking along our theme, sex workers, and we focused a lot about women, uh, doing sex work. And, you know, most of the time when we think about, uh, prostitutes, we're thinking about women or, I mean, that's my assumption at least, but what about men? And I have got the book for you. If you are interested, it is a historical romance called The Earl I Ruined. And the plot of this book is that the female protagonist has released a little blind gossip column that implies that this titular Earl is up to some kinky stuff. And you find out pretty quickly, this is is a, a light spoiler, but I mean, if you read the book, you'll find out that Indeed, what the Earl is into is a little bit of uh, indecent proposal action. He, uh, when he was down on hard times, he looked to an alternate source of income, you know, the same one that Pretty Woman did. Uh, Because, you know, a guy's got to take care of his family, right? And sometimes you just got to 
resort to the world's oldest profession. But it's a spicy book, not only because the male protagonist has this in his back pocket, but on the surface, he seems like a Richard Gere type, like totally buttoned up and starchy. Like he could never have this crazy secret life and, you know, alternate identity. Uh, And the other thing that I think makes this book fun, other than, you know, the sexiness of it all, is that the writer Scarlett Peckham uh, wanted to create a series of historical romances with what she called alpha heroines. So the women in this story... That's got to be something like super crack, right? Yeah, no, it's super (laughs) crack for a romance fan like me to see a woman take charge and be in control of her own destiny and not be a wilting violent, a violet, but somebody who is a willful and active participant in her own sexuality. I mean, if that's not feminist, I don't know what is. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, check out The Earl I Ruined if you want a little fun, titillating historical romance with a, a fresh and woke attitude towards sex work. Very nice. The Earl I Ruined. It's a sexy little book. Give it a try, folks. Yeah, this one is not a closed door romance. So if that is uh, <laughs> if that is not your thing, I would avoid it in that one case. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, how would Big Daddy Mars sign us off? Um... He would or, say, no, sign us off, Big Daddy Mars. That's what I meant to say. Listen here, girls. This is Jersey Boy. And he... Necromancer is produced by Brett Dorman and Shira Moore. The theme song is Symphonia 3 by Kevin McLeod on the album Oddities.